If you've ever listened to old-time gospel music or Elvis Presley's rock and roll, you've heard this man sing. Tonight, you will hear his incredible story. I'm Richard. And I'm Gary. And these are our incredible stories. Well, Gary, uh, tonight we are going to be talking about an incredible person who actually came into our lives 18 years ago. That's true. His name was Gordon Stoker, and that name may not be on everybody's lips uh, as something that they would recognize, but trust me, uh, many of the people, many of you folks who are listening to this podcast this evening have heard this man sing. So we're going to start off talking a little bit about who he was, and then uh, Gary's going to uh, think back about uh, the wonderful time we had with him in our home and, uh, among other things, uh, visiting Gary's chorus class. Uh, just an incredible person that we dearly loved uh, back in the day. When Gordon Stoker was 15 years old, he started playing professionally. He played the piano, and this was right around 1940. He got his start playing uh, the piano on WSM Radio, which is in Nashville. And WSM's iconic radio show at the time, and still is, the Grand Old Opry. Oh, that gave a lot of people their first start. Mm-hmm. And Gordon Stoker was among them. And then at the end of his career, many, many decades later, uh, he ended up as the leader of a group that we love to this day, they were called the Jordanaires. Mm. Now, the Jordanaires, they originated as a, a gospel group in Missouri back in the early 1940s, and then they came to Nashville at just the right time for Gordon. As I mentioned, he played the piano, so he joined the Jordanaires at first as a piano player, and one of his friends at the time said, oh, man, that Gordon, he can play by ear. Anything he could hear on the radio... He could play it. So a decision would soon be made that would make him immortal in the world of music. He graduated from playing the piano for the Jordanaires to becoming their tenor vocalist. And Peace in the Valley became one of their signature songs. I remember listening to Peace in the Valley when I was about 10 years old. Absolutely loved listening to the Jordanaires sing that uh, hymn. It was beautiful. But shortly after that, enter Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm. And Elvis was very much into gospel music. He did a lot, a lot of people don't know this, but he did a lot of gospel albums besides his rock and roll. Yes, um, and he uh, grew up listening to the Jordanaires. In fact, Peace in the Valley was a, a favorite, one of his favorites. So he grew up listening to the gospel music of the Jordanaires, and later on he'd uh, record his own version of of that uh, beloved hymn. So we're going to uh, look at October 3rd, 1954. Elvis Presley was a teenager, and he did uh, own a jalopy at that time, and he got in that jalopy, and he drove from Memphis to Nashville. It wasn't a pink Cadillac? (laughs) Not at that time it wasn't. Okay. Uh, And uh, in Nashville, by the way, he'd make his one and only appearance on the Grand Ole Opry. When we think of Elvis and the tremendous icon he is in music, 
it's hard to believe that he only appeared on the Grand Ole Opry once. Are we sure about that? Yes, we're sure. Wow. And, uh, you know, uh, everyone who was anyone loved performing on the Opry stage. And so, uh, you know, this was a, a big deal for him, a teenager, you know, uh, uh, who hadn't made it and wasn't uh, well known at all. And on that stage that night on WSM radio, he sang Blue Moon of Kentucky. Now, that was his first live performance on a radio broadcast, and he had just recorded a record uh, at Sun Studios, uh, which we know even better than Blue Moon of Kentucky. It was called That's All Right, Mama. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's familiar. Now, we have to remember that Elvis was only a regional sensation back then in 54. He was recording with Sun Records, but let me tell you something. That was definitely not one of the major recording mm -hmm. studios at the time. Right. It, he hadn't hit ever. the mainstream yet. No, 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 no. So about a, a year and a half later, though, he was heading for the stratosphere of fame and popularity. popularity and that's uh, because RCA picked him up. RCA was certainly in a different category than Sun Records. Oh, yes, it was. Mm -hmm. And it was truly one of the major recording studios out there. And this was the point where Elvis used Gordon Stoker and the Jordanaires on nearly every one of his recording sessions with RCA for the next 14 years. So, folks, if you have ever listened to Elvis on an RCA record, you have heard the tenor voice of Gordon Stoker singing right there along with Elvis. Yes, the, the, the golden era of Elvis, his, his youngest years where he was really doing the rock and roll, mm -hmm. he did it with the Jordanaires. Yeah, that's, and uh, his gospel uh, music his, also yeah, with the Jordanaires, especially the gospel music. Now, Gordon also appeared in some of Elvis's movies, so folks can see what he looked like back then, and he made a lot of television appearances with Elvis also. So that's a little bit about um, the Jordan Ayers. Um, and I'll tell you a little bit more about who else they recorded uh, with. But right now, I feel, I feel the need to find out how Gordon Stoker came into our life. And so you pick up the story from there. Oh, I'd be happy to pick up the story from there. So uh, in high school, I was in chorus for four years. And my senior year of high school... I was looking, uh, no, uh, my junior year of high school, because my senior year I wasn't president of the chorus. My junior year I was president of the chorus. Uh, in my junior year, I was looking to bring people in to speak to the class who had experience in music, who had careers uh, that, you know, really took them places, it, just to be inspirational. And so you had started looking around. At one point we were thinking B.B. King, um, but we weren't able to get him. I think he was uh, having some health issues at that time, and so uh, it wasn't it wasn't convenient to to book him to do uh, a talk with the class. But we came across uh, Gordon Stoker, and you said, you know, how about we get one of Elvis's uh, backup singers to go to your chorus class? And I thought, well, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, and it was uh, easy to do because Gordon Stoker, uh, in the wintertime, he lived uh, only about 10 or 15 minutes away from us. Right, so it made perfect sense. So uh, we sent an email to him, checked to see if he was available. He said yes, of course. Um, and then so began buying a whole bunch of Jordan Ayers memorabilia that we could have available to uh, share with the class and, you know, uh, share with Jordan, uh, Gordon, sorry, Gordon Stoker. 
and just the nicest guy. I remember him coming to the class. He sat down. He spent about an hour or two with us uh, entertaining questions, sharing stories, and things like that. And one of the stories I'll never forget, you know, everybody talks about how Elvis loved his peanut butter sandwiches. Well, folks, I have the actual recipe for Elvis's peanut butter sandwiches as told to me by Gordon Stoker. All right, so if any of you want to have a true Elvis experience, this is, this is one of the stories that he shared with me about Elvis. Elvis would have these large parties at his home, and Gordon told me that he would love to make peanut butter sandwiches for people. So what he would do is he would take the punch bowl and empty it out, and then he'd go get a whole thing of peanut butter, bananas, and here's where everybody gets it wrong. He actually used mayonnaise in it. Now, I know that sounds disgusting, mayonnaise, peanut butter, and bananas, but uh, he said what he would do is Elvis would take the bananas, mash them up, mix it with the peanut butter and the mayonnaise in a right proportion, and then he would spread it on the bread and sometimes would toast it or grill it, you know? And he said, you know, I, I told Elvis, you know, I don't know if I want that. I don't know if I'm going to try it. It doesn't really seem too appetizing. But he said he gave it one bite and he, he enjoyed it. He said he understood why Elvis liked it so much. So for those of you who really want to have an authentic Elvis experience, again, those ingredients are peanut butter, banana, and mayonnaise. That's how the king really did it when he made his peanut butter and banana sandwiches. So that things like that were very entertaining. And I, I know after we had the event at the school, uh, we got to have a wonderful evening with Gordon and his wife, uh, he drove us around. He drove me around in his his car, sharing more stories uh, about his time with Elvis, and and even after that, and how they still stayed in touch up until Elvis passed away. Yes, uh, Gordon spent a lot of time at Graceland. They were pals. They weren't just um, uh, musicians that worked with each other. Oh no, no, they were friends. They were close friends. And I believe up until uh, Gordon passed away. He still kept in contact with uh, Elvis's daughter, Lisa Marie. Mm -hmm. Do you recall any of the other stories he might have shared with the class or you? Well, uh, to me, that was the biggest one that stuck out to me was him talking about uh, Elvis at the parties, making the, uh, the peanut butter sandwiches. But I, I know that uh, Gordon had a great deal of respect for Elvis and, and his contribution to music and pop culture. Elvis laid the groundwork for a lot of things that were to come uh, as far as music and innovations. And Elvis himself was influenced by a lot of great uh, blues and uh, jazz singers, R&B singers from back in the 40s and 30s that really had an impact on his life as far as, as him developing his style. Um, so, you know, when we think back on influential artists you have people like the beatles um elvis johnny cash a lot of different people and so i know gordon uh during his time with us he really did not only appreciate the time he spent with elvis but getting to also be a part of that legacy mm -hmm. and i recall uh i think it was over dinner uh, about him talking about going uh, with Elvis to those midnight uh, sessions in a movie theater where Elvis would rent the movie theater at midnight because there would be no 
uh, crowds or anything in the movie theater, and he'd take the whole gang from uh, Graceland, go over there and watch watch a movie uh, in the middle of the night. And Gordon was part of that scene also. Could you imagine that uh, late evening, and it's just you and Elvis Presley watching a movie in the movie theater? Yeah, Elvis and and his gang. I mean, there, gang, there was yeah. there was a bunch of them. Oh, I know. He had a whole posse of mm-hmm. uh, of people that were part of his crew that mm-hmm. would. Uh, go around with them places. But I mean, those are kind of, you know, just unique experiences, but to actually talk to somebody, you know, they have that thing uh, called um, six degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon. Uh, But in this kind of situation, you know, we can say there's one degree of separation between us and Elvis Presley. You know, we actually met somebody who knew Elvis. It wasn't like we talked to somebody who talked to somebody who talked to somebody else who may have known Elvis. We talked to somebody who had first ca- first-hand accounts of being with Elvis, things that he did, the kind of person he was, and uh, it was it's just interesting to sit down with that somebody like that and and be able to hear those kind of stories. He sang with Elvis. He performed in the movies with Elvis. Yeah. He performed on television with Elvis. Uh, he played with Elvis, uh, you know, in the off hours, and he visited with Elvis. He lived with Elvis. Gordon Stoker was a very much a part of the Elvis scene and a part of the Elvis legacy because uh, his voice, along with the other Jordanaires, are an integral part of Elvis's music. And it's interesting, uh, Gary, that as I'm uh, talking to you uh, right now about uh, Gordon, I'm looking up at the uh, photograph. He uh, gave you an 8x10 uh, photo. That he did. Just bumped my head on the microphone looking at it. But, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he, he did give us a... <laughs> Eight by ten photo, and in the middle of the photo, there's Elvis in an open shirt, uh, open collar shirt. Right next to him's Gordon, and then the rest that of the is. Jordanaires. And it says uh, it's got an inscription to you, and it's signed that Gordon it Stoker, and it brings back fond memories from uh, so many years ago. Gordon was about uh, seventy-seven when he visited with us. He passed away when he was eighty-eight uh, in uh, Tennessee, uh, but uh, those days that. Uh, those moments that we spent with him. And he was a down-to-earth, really nice guy. Oh, yeah, very genuine kind of person. He was definitely somebody you wouldn't mind sitting around just chit-chatting with. You know, just had a very warm personality. Did he, by any chance, play the piano there in the chorus class for you? No, he didn't. He did. I think he did sing a little bit for us, um, just kind of sharing, you know, some of his uh, vocal talents. Uh, but he he really just kind of sat there and he told us what it was like you know being in the mu- music business and and what it takes and and the ups and downs of being a performer because you know he had his period of time where you know the jordanaires were really really popular as their own group and then moving on being with elvis and then after elvis uh moved on and started changing his style you know, they kind of faded to the background. And I believe later on, you know, they, they never lost uh, any of their success. They just weren't in the spotlight as much as they had been in the beginning. They, so, did, they did go on, and they, they did have a fantastic uh, musical career right. beyond Elvis. Um, they uh, sang with Jim Reeves, uh, one of my all-time favorite, Four Walls. Four Walls, that was always one of my favorite country music songs. Then they were with George Jones on his 1980 hit, He Stopped Loving Her Today. Oh, I shouldn't even start to sing. <laughs> hey, let's leave that to the professionals, yeah, all right? I think let's we leave better. it to the professionals. Although I'm tempted to do this next one. He was also on Kenny Rogers' Lucille. Oh, 
Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. No, you're good. Otherwise, we're gonna have to cut the microphone over. Okay. Here. Yeah. Uh, so I, I won't try to sing, folks. I know that's a little too much. Uh, but he did uh, also sing uh, with the Jordanaires on all of Patsy Cline's Decca sessions. Oh, I like Patsy Cline. Yeah, Patsy so some artist. of the uh, songs that she recorded that uh, Gordon was uh, doing backup uh, singing, Have You Ever Been Lonely? Have You Ever Been Blue? Or I Can't Help It If I'm Still In Love With You, uh, The Wayward Wind, True Love, Your Cheating Heart. Now, let me say this, a lot of uh, other artists first recorded those songs, and then Patsy Cline re-recorded them. Right. So Gordon Stoker is on these re-records as done by uh, Patsy Cline. Right. Now, Patsy Cline would have been before Elvis, right? Because when did she pass away? I don't know that much about Patsy Cline. That's something we'll have to uh, find out in the future. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, as I say, a few years after we met uh, Gordon, he and the Jordanaires were among hundreds of artists whose material was destroyed in the 2008 Universal Fire. I don't know if you knew that or not. So oh. a lot of Gordon's archival stuff with the Jordanaires uh, uh, went up in smoke there in 2008 at Universal. Oh, that is terrible. Mm -hmm. And then he uh, died, like I say, at 88. This was on March 27, 2013. And his son, Alan, at that point said, the Jordanaires were formally dissolved as per his father's wishes because he was their manager he was with them for so many years he was the jordanaires he was gordon stoker and he was our friend isn't that something and as far as we're concerned he lives on in his music and in our fond personal memories of him absolutely well once again i'm richard i'm gary and that was an incredible story. 